Tristan Navarro with Columbus Business First, and today we're talking to Jonathan and Jamie Wilcox of Wilcox Communities for our Crisis Management Podcast. The two of them are running a multifamily development and management company that's dealing with a lot of changes during the pandemic. COVID-19 has changed the way that a lot of people think about where they live. Some people want to move to bigger apartments. Some people want to move into houses. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you all for joining us at our Crisis Management Podcast. I'm Tristan Navera uh, with Columbus Business First, and we have the Wilcox community with us today, Jonathan and Jamie Wilcox. Thank you both for taking time. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. So, you know, this, the, the pandemic has, has changed a lot of things in the construction business and development business, but probably one of the most impacted kinds of real estate has definitely been kind of the residential side. Tell me about your all's business and just sort of how, how this, this whole situation has impacted you. Well, I guess starting a little bit about our business. So uh, we're, we're a local award-winning um, family-owned real estate development company. Um, we develop and build primarily uh, suburban area, single family, or excuse me, single level apartment communities. We also do urban apartment communities and some suburban residential land development almost exclusively in central Ohio. Our office is in Worthington. Uh, we started the company about 20 years ago and initially did um, for sale housing uh, condos, both suburban and urban, and transi- transitioned more recently to the four-rent business. As I mentioned, we're, we're local, we're family-owned. There's three partners, myself and Jonathan, who's on the call today, and our father, Randy. Um, we're born and raised in Columbus. We're very proud to be part of the development community in Columbus, you know, helping Columbus grow and you know see through the prosperity ahead of us. The pandemic certainly was a was a left-hand turn, impacted us as well as the development community significantly. Tell me about, I mean, what have you seen? It's the data shows that there's been uh, just a lot of construction has has I think Dodge Data and Analytics has that that commercial construction is down something like 40 or 50 percent in the region. But residential construction actually broke a record last year. Tell me about kind of navigating this environment. I think you're, you're absolutely right. The residential market in central Ohio has, has a lot of people say there was a, a bit of a pause uh, when, you know, this past spring when, when COVID first hit. But beyond that, things have really roared back and continue to, to remain really busy. Going into the pandemic, the, in the context of kind of pre-COVID, you know, in central Ohio, being blessed with a really, really, really healthy residential real estate market, we entered the area, the era of the pandemic in a very competitive industry. And the things that we were seeing pre-COVID were, you know, major challenges on the construction side with labor and, you know, just not having enough skilled construction labor really to build all these projects in central Ohio. You know, our biggest fear when the pandemic first hit for, um, you know, eight, we, we actually at last spring had eight active construction projects that were midstream. Our fear was that, that, that COVID was going to make an, an already very difficult labor market even tougher. And so that was one of the first things we did was as a company was how can we, how can we change things on our job sites and how can we approach things a little bit differently to ensure that we can weather this since it was already such a difficult environment pre-COVID. Okay. So something that we've also seen, you know, I think looking at 
both uh, the Zonda reports and the CoStar reports, there's been a lot of conversation about the kinds of communities that people want to live in during, during this pandemic. There's, you know, on the one hand, it seems like there's been a contraction in development of like the studio and very small square footage units. The other hand, a lot of the developers who have the, you know, the $3,500, $4,000 a month apartments on the top end are having to offer a lot more concessions. It seems like people want more space, but they also want value. Talk about operating in that environment. You know, a lot of people have said not to make permanent kind of, assuming that things are going to be permanently shifting just because of the pandemic. But do you see a trend coming here that that has some staying power? Yeah, I, I think on the product side, one of the things about our business that I think, quite frankly, we were lucky with was our ranch style apartment communities. That's really our, our core focus as a company. By the nature of sort of how they're designed and set up, they were already set up really well to navigate the COVID era. And, and what I mean by that is from a, you know, if you think about a traditional apartment complex, there's shared breezeway stairways and there's, you know, interior hallways, sometimes elevators, and there's all these design aspects where people inherently are together. And in our ranch style product, which really was designed pre-pandemic, you know, it just happens that they are, there are no shared hallways. It's very much more like a single family home, but for someone who wants flexibility of renting, every apartment home has its own driveway, its own front sidewalk, its own front door. You know, you don't navigate any interior shared breezeways. Um, you have your own attached to garage. You know, there's no one above or below you. So we were lucky in that regard. And we think that, you know, even setting COVID aside, we think that segment of the apartment market, which tends to be a more mature, you know, a lot of empty nesters, young professionals, people who could buy, but want the flexibility of renting. Uh, we think that business line is just is positioned perfectly um, in a post-pandemic world just because of how they're designed. On the more traditional apartment communities where there is more shared space, we've just really tried to proactively think about what can we do to give people a comfort level. And, you know, it, it ranges from installing some of the new systems in the air ducts and HVAC systems that, you know, kill the viruses and germs in the air. You know, we've seen a lot of those products come to market, you know, investing more in smart home technology so that you know, if someone loses a key to a unit, a property manager can literally unlock their door from them from a, from a smartphone and really just trying to position things so that even though we've seen a, a big migration, um, I shouldn't say a big migration, there's a lot of talk of people wanting to get farther out from cities, uh, having more space. We still think there's going to be a lot of demand for certain areas, but we want to position things so that people know this is a comfortable, healthy place to live. And one thing you hit on Tristan is value. And um, that's something that certainly is always important is, you know, whether it's a, an urban building or a suburban building, providing the best value possible. Um, we do think the urban core is gonna remain strong. We've gotta get through this period of COVID. You know, all the great things uh, in the urban core need to be, re, you know, get back to strength, reopen the bars, the restaurants, um, et cetera but we are bullish uh, long-term on, um, on city living as long as the value's there. Yeah, but talk about that, that migration that you were talking about there. You know, there's, there definitely seems like there's a healthy you know, pipeline for urban development, but at the same time, we've seen you know, the, the numbers on the housing market, just about every record was broken last year. 
right? It seems like there's a lot of conversation about people wanting to um, move out. That's that's true. We're we are seeing that um, we're seeing that firsthand. Our you know our, our our question is or the the question going forward is you know certainly that's a trend in the short term. Um, the question is what's the trend in the long term? There are so many great elements to to city living, and you know you you give up the space for uh, for uh, events and services and and different things you can you can walk to. So the question is what happens in the long term as COVID goes away and is as part of the dominant part of our life. We do think that there's going to continue to be a healthy balance of people who want to be urban um, dwellers as well as suburban dwellers. The, the great thing about Columbus is that we're growing so quickly, there's a lot of business to go around for us as developers. And uh, there will continue to be as Columbus continues to, to grow, even if we don't meet the pace that's, that's forecast. Um, there's still a lot of people coming into our city. I think, too, to, to add to that, um, you know, the question, as we talk to uh, friends in the office real estate market, you know, the question is, will remote work become a permanent part of how people, you know, how people do their jobs, or will we see people come back and physically being back in offices? And, you know, the interesting impact on housing is, I mean, if people can work from anywhere, then then they can essentially live anywhere. So not needing to be closer to a commute to the office and things like that. So I think that that's a question mark in our mind. What we, what we try to do going forward as we design communities is, is to plan for all those variables. So one example is in suburban apartment communities, you know, there's there, we always try to create really attractive amenities, you know, clubhouses, fitness centers and things like that. But we're, we're starting to look at, uh, zoom rooms which is a a new thing that i uh say i knew anything about but you know really truly rooms that are wired and set up for private zoom meetings and um, whether it's business or personal and uh, also just trying to create better you know amenities in suburban apartment communities we're all about entertainment social gatherings staying active but you know now needing to think about them also as possibly places for, for, for co-working and, and, you know, for setting up your computer and, and working. So we're, we're incorporating those features into our new communities so that if that trend does become permanent, we at least will be a, an attractive place to live with those amenities. Any big kind of predictions on the Columbus market? You've obviously seen it through a lot of ups and downs. I think one thing to, to add um, to our earlier discussion is that, you know, even though the market's going well, People want to live where where there's great product at a value, at a proper value, and most importantly, with terrific uh, service. And that hasn't changed the pandemic. In fact, it's gotten more important because it's gotten more difficult, whether it's a rental community like we do, or maybe a community where people live, where there's some sort of um, shared uh, maintenance deal. Without having, without the ability to have as much human-to-human contact as we did, it's more challenging. And so from our standpoint, we've you know, we've kind of redoubled our focus on customer satisfaction to ensure that even in the era of COVID, um, we're taking um, extraordinary steps to keep our, our customers um, happy. Our vision of our company is uh, very simply to achieve a level of customer satisfaction with our customers that enable them to live you know, happier and more fulfilling lives. And meeting that vision has gotten uh, more difficult in, in COVID. But I think it's made us, ultimately, it's made us better as a company. 
and made us think um, a little harder about how we achieve that goal along the way. Absolutely. I, I, well said, Jamie. And, you know, I would just add that I think extremely excited about the central Ohio housing market, you know, the underlying fundamentals of job creation, population growth, Columbus is, you know, we were born and raised here. We love living here. It's a fantastic place to be. And we think the housing market will remain strong as a result. You know, one, one other thing to add, I think just as leaders of our company, some things we've learned throughout this is if you go back to kind of the housing crisis of 08 and 09, which we went through, it was a, it was a completely different crisis and, you know, demand uh, fell off a cliff and it was, it was uh, really, really a tough time. But Jamie and I and, and our third owner, uh, who's our dad, learned a lot of lessons from it. And if you fast forward to this crisis, it's so different because the demand for housing has remained but the ability to you know, produce the supply and build things, whether it's labor challenges or you know, being afraid of having an outbreak of subcontractors on your construction site and all of a sudden you really have a labor challenge. It's been different, but you know, we give all the credit to our team, Wilcox community. We think we have the best people in the business and we didn't have all the answers early on when this first started coming in spring and it was a scary time for us, but we just really, really, really tried to communicate. And, and I think Jamie, didn't we have our first all hands on deck Zoom meeting? I mean, I don't think we'd ever done that in our company's history, but in March, really just, you know, looking face to face with everyone and telling them, yeah, we're, we're in this together. This is scary. We don't know what's going to happen, uh, but we're going to fight, fight like crazy to keep this thing going. And, I, I think people appreciated that and, and we certainly appreciate, you know, everyone's hard work to get through it and super excited about, about the future in central Ohio. It's, it's, it's a really exciting, bright future. Happy to be a part of it. From a leadership standpoint, we really, we really learned that in a, in a crisis, you can't over communicate with your team. And even though our communication, a lot of our communication early on was we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how significant this is. Frankly, we don't know how secure all the jobs in the company are right now. Um, actually communicating that kind of uncertainty to our team, it's counterintuitive, but it ended up creating more certainty for our people, uh, more confidence, because they knew, they knew at least what the situation was. And everyone knew things were bad. None of us really knew how bad it was. And that was a heck of a leadership lesson for Jonathan and me both is, um, hey, even when there's really bad news or even there's, there's un, unknown news, being as transparent with the team as possible goes a long way. And um, that really helped us through and helped our team through. Jonathan, Jamie Wilcox, thank you both for your time. Thanks, Tristan. Thanks a lot, Tristan. Great to be with you.